looks like a perfectly oh, yes. ground out hamburger instead of right. like, you know, like a little nibbles of vegetables and a big piece of steak. Like a steak tartare yeah. chop. Yeah, exactly. And it, but it, it, and it was, it was, it was, it was weird. It was weird. But that's one of the things that I liked about Dark City a lot was even though there wasn't like an infinite number of cuts in that movie, <laughs> like it's. It doesn't feel claustrophobic. It's cut in a way that creates an illusion of right. space and time, which is perfect because that's what that whole right. movie's about. Right. But like that is like almost a magic trick of editing. I was laughing because it was like <laughs> it was like thirty five minutes in. You were like, maybe we should talk about the crow on a podcast, and I was like, yeah, so we can stop talking about it today. <laughs> yeah. And like, so now, now today we're gonna be able, like trying to put Dark City away so we can talk, talk about twelve. Oh, movies. dude, I'm gonna have a hard trouble, hard time not talking about Vertigo. Oh, oh sure. well, they, well. This movie talks about Vertigo throughout. So does and, okay. So I watched La Jete on the Criterion Channel, mm-hmm. and I watched. Well, hold on. I'm actually rolling. So yeah, let's take so it. Let's, in. It. let's take oh, it. In. Oh, oh boy, I got it. It's fine. Here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Metric Flicks. My name is Carl. This is not how we do it. <laughs> just not even <laughs> close. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to get myself. Here we go. Thank you for the. Thank you for the script. I'm Carl, and this is Measuring Flicks. <laughs> I'm here by myself in the studio today. It's going to be a solo job. Yeah. A solo job. That's the Measuring Flicks OnlyFans account yes. to watch Carl give himself and do his solo job mm, 12, in studio. Mm, 12 monkeys. Mm, get all Come 12. on, Jeff. You don't want to tell him to give us money for our OnlyFans? Get on over there, listeners. <laughs> oh, my God. What are, you're right. I'm not doing my job. Watch Carl do 12 monkeys solo. Whoa. Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> Talk about a greasy. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> okay, coming in clean. He said, "Hello, everyone." With Twelve God monkeys. <laughs> Carl's coming in clean I'm with a solo job. Solo job by Twelve <laughs> monkeys. Come. Coming in clean is that? That's like uh, there's something about Mary when he was like, "Where to go? Yes, where to go?" Again, <laughs> <laughs> well, another magic trick. Yeah. Cinematic magic. Very trick. clear, hot shot. Here we go. Hello, <laughs> Carl. There's more words. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Bird laugh. Welcome to measuring. Okay, I'm gonna do it for fucking real. I can't wait to just leave this all totally uncut at the top. The two yeah. minute intro. This is what happens. We take any time off. We gotta keep the temp, yeah, keep, keep the, the pressure keep, on. Keep the keep going. Hello, everyone. That's what <laughs> way to approach. You've got two words now. You're making film nerds breaking out of a rut, drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in. We're measuring flicks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flicks, the film appreciation podcast that plays favorites. I'm Carl Hartley, and I'm Max Peterson, and you are. Jeffrey Morgan. Nice Very to meet you, Jeffrey Morgan. Thank you. I came from the basement of <laughs> oh film God. and learning. He is from the school of film and learning in the mm. basement. You sound like a character from a different, I was going to say Chris Marker, but what I meant was Terry Gilliam. You sound like a character <laughs> yeah. from another Terry Gilliam film. You sound like somebody in, uh, like, Trapped Inside the Whale in Adventures of Baron Munchausen. I'm Jeffrey Morgan. Mm. Play? I have I've, been, I've been in here thinking about movies the whole time. I am. I'm so glad to have you gentlemen to talk to. Come around my microphone. Oh, yes. 
So, dude, like, I just, I love that the, the the Jeff Morgan month slowly just becomes more because we were like, let's do these four. And then we got the text from Jeff, like, what if we did a five? five. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't tell you what it was until the podcast. So we were like, okay, let's do a five movie series. Yes. But then also, we also have to record what I want to do, and I'll even say it here so listeners can look forward to it, and I can put pressure on you. We need to do The Crow for Halloween. Ooh, So we'll be do fun. The Crow, yeah. and I'll drop the episode on Devil's Night. Yeah, that'd Boom. be nice. So it's a Seems six- appropriate. Yeah, it's yes. six film series. Well, that was, was funny as I was re-listening. I was listening to the Dark City episode, and we're talking about doing The Crow. I was like, that's six. That's six, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and at this point, why not just do eight and yeah, just do a just double right. month there? Right. Who are we? Jeff, welcome to the show. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Thanks for having gonna, me. I'll rewrite this intro. I've we'll been just here the in. whole time. Yeah, well, you shining oh, and, it. And, and, and before you get going, thank you for the for the gift today. Yes, Jeff dude. shows up and ASMR. we each got... <laughs> for anyone, get, guessing game at home, what Jeff What did Jeff us? get us, guys? Guns. Oh, kind of. <laughs> Jeff up. went down to the, lo- we got pistolas. the local firearm uh-huh. store. This episode is going to be so much livelier than normal with I these know. loaded guns. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> great point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rooting tooting idea you got there, Carl. <laughs> It used to be a banana <laughs> that I pointed at your face. I know we, you know, but we never want to be stagnant here in measuring no, flicks, so we no. escalate. We've gone, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we've gone from bananas to Next loaded. Next year we're going nuclear. <laughs> yep, we're gonna have one big red button under glass. <laughs> All right, so next year we're Don't doing. Don't you guys a cloche? We're it doing... has the. <laughs> <laughs> the button in it. We'll do Armageddon and be like, Hell you yeah. guys will never guess oh what Jeff brought God. to the studio today. <laughs> hey, man. I don't know how you got these launch codes. But you heard about David. Do you guys know who David, David Hahn is? Sounds familiar. David David <laughs> Bird is like, please don't tell this story. Um, you guys can look him up at home. It's H-A-H-N, David Hahn. He's a Michigan boy, and when he was a Boy Scout, he got really like a young Boy Scout, like he was 14 years old. He got really interested in nuclear power, so he uh, built a <laughs> he built a nuclear breeder reactor in his mom's potting shed. What the fuck? Yeah, so like literally there's reports of the neighbors looking out the window and being like... Rose Beth's garden shed is glowing green. Holy Literally, shit. it was so radioactive that it was glowing green. Oh my! So gosh. then he told his friend, he was like, "Hey, I built a nuclear reactor in the garden, and it's making the shed glow green." And his friend goes, "You probably got to stabilize that with some cobalt, man. You can't just like leave that unshielded." Can't just have it That's a good friend. I know. Yeah. So That's he went to friend. the. So David Hahn goes to the local hardware, hardware store, store, gets a set of cobalt drill bits, and inserts them into <gasps> his into his core. Did it work? Kinda, but they weren't big enough. So like, how many balls does he have left? <laughs> he's dead now. Twelve. Oh, okay, but I would it, figure. You know, you'd think that it would be like, and he died of his face melting off, yeah. but it. <laughs> It wasn't. He died of uh, alcohol and fentanyl. Drug drug problems are real, yeah. folks. Yeah, goes as much as we joke around about, like, you know, toxic radiation, the real killer. Fentanyl. O- opioid. O- you know what? Honestly, though, like, when you hear that, you're like, fuck. Fentanyl right. is so dangerous that it killed a kid who was standing next to an unshielded no, right. reactor for, like... That's exactly right. Like, he didn't even go down from being, like, next to Chernobyl. He right. just, like, took some pills with a glass of wine and died. Yeah. Anyway, um... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that the radiation didn't help matters. Well, they said what well, they said when they when the the like environmental I think it was the EPA came in mm. to like clean up, which was crazy because he had irradiated like ten houses in either direction. Oh my god! So the the reactor ball when they measured its radioactivity 
So at a certain threshold of um, um, an amount that something is radioactive, you have to get government oversight to operate that. Well, thing that anymore. makes sense. Sure. His reactor was 170 times more radioactive than would require government oversight. Oh <laughs> and it's God. just chilling in a shed. So, Jeff. Well, his you can in fact bring us a nuke. I could, for, I could for Armageddon, so. and just like the nuke explodes <laughs> onto the world, the ideas shared on this podcast explode from their mouths and can only be done so if you go to <laughs> patreoncom slash podcast and support these guys. Is that right? Pre- pre- slash Quillen Film. Quillen but film. We, I love well, the yeah. energy you're bringing. Yes. And. Do that to be radiated with more blissful ideas as they permeate your cell structure and change you forever. You could even hear your name irradiated with pronunciations as near miss as these. Complete <laughs> with Ace Hardware Cobalt rods stuck in your throat. As always, we <laughs> would stick our rods in your throat. <laughs> we would. We, as always, we would love to thank our patrons, and we'll start with the trickiest one to say. And he, he, he hit me back. So the this first word, Stian is good. I've got that nailed. And I've got the sounds of buh, but not the, he, he calls it, not the music of the Scandinavian Ooh, okay. language. Whoa. So my pronunciation's off, but the sounds are present. So we'd love to thank, bring the music, <laughs> Stian Buh. Oh, I, I could I feel, I, I could good. feel my Western tongue nope. just like I slapped you all got over. A it. little bit of John Wayne on it at the end, but <sighs> yeah, I know. Uh, I didn't mean to. It's okay. You have musicality always, in your soul. There's always next time. I'm gonna start watching <laughs> videos, man. And be like musicality of Scandinavian yeah. linguistics. I feel like oh it lives God. in you. I'm gonna fucking nail it. You'll fu- you're gonna unlock it in your soul. My goal always is to be as far away from the Swedish chef as possible. <laughs> Avoid fully. Just well, you can start it. there. <laughs> And dial it back. Yes. That could work. All right. We would also <laughs> like to thank Casey Scheibe, John Scheibe, William Rockwood, Daniele Hartelli, Connor Sweeney, David Rowney, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Brian Jackson, Sarah Hartley, Jeffrey T. Morgan. Wait a minute. Hey. I'm from the basement. <laughs> basement buddy, Jeff. Oh, I've always, I always like the basement stank he brings to yeah, the show. Yeah, a little bit. Of- it's like smelling salts. Keeps you sharp. Like, he makes your eyes water. I'm the black mold of the film world. <laughs> I've always said Keeps so. Keeps it crusty. Uh, love to thank Katie Clark, who will be back on the show soon to continue talking about bullshit. I believe the next one is Last Skeleton of Cadavera. Sweet. Uh, Leslie Ty, Baloney Shoes, Mariah Rosado, David Breda, Hunter Watson, Schwaz, and as always, special shout out to the East Coast, to the West Coast, to the North Coast. That's, I don't know if there's so a coast. There's- is Where, it the pole? If he is there, there is one. He's literally Santa Claus. Thank you, <laughs> Kevin Ramirez. Much appreciated, my brother. If you like the show, if you thought that the Dark City intro was harrowing and you want more of that <laughs> shit in your life, head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. And just in case I forget later on, if you disagree with us, you want to shout at Jeff, Reach out through us. Shout at me, I like it. <laughs> He's the black but only from of the upstairs and down into the basement, mm-hmm. right down where he is through the grates in the floor. You throw him a bucket of rancid meat, and you go. Now you stay away from the door. You eat. We're your coming oats. through, and we'll hose you down if you're by the door again. Jeff. You'll watch Halloween ends, and you'll like it. Oh. You, yep, you throw the meat at him, and you say that was a trash movie, Jeff. <laughs> MeasuringFlixPodcast at gmail.com and we are Measuring Flicks on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not on there because I'm a better person. Facebook. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, no way. I'm off all the social medias awesome. entirely now. I hit yep. Facebook like once a week just to like post some shit about our show or Suede Rainbow, but that's it. Dude, 
an AI bot just killed itself recently. I can't be involved in social media anymore. Bird, can you mm-hmm, come tell that story, mm-hmm. please? Oh, God. It's really Here, horrible. Yeah, we'll get Bird on Carl's mic. It's appropriate for Logitech. In a weird way, mm. it's kind of appropriate for like the level of technology we're about to be talking about. We have two movies we're hitting you with today, listener. But Bird, tell us about this thing that okay, fucked you up. So I saw this on TikTok. So grain of salt or block of salt. Um, <laughs> it looked like a robot maybe working at uh, an airport or something. Uh, taking boxes from the wall and putting them on a conveyor belt. And then after doing that a couple of times, it just stops with the box in its hand, it's facing the wall, and then just keels over. This stopped working. Yeah. It's like, fuck this. It just gave up. We're done. It was like... It became self-aware. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> this is I my life. About. Oh, my God. I wanted to be a painter. I know. So, see... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be... A chat GPT. You could have been an AI art machine. AI art machine. AI art machine. Yeah, you got to do the. You I might do have our a fake robot one next time. That's I will good. do an AI art machine. All right. <laughs> 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 well, we have, ladies and gentlemen, we have two films to mutter at you about today, so we're gonna skip all the so rest. So sit of back, relax for five hours. Yes, here we exactly. go. Buckle your socks. <laughs> I bet we do an hour on this thirty-one Probably. minute. Probably. <laughs> So the first film, do I do this as two movies, two trailers, or do I do this as one? Oh, do it as a mashup. We'll do it as a mashup? All right. So the two films that we are talking. Billy Joel and. Dude, Jim is fucked. Jim is no way is he going to get these two films. He's not leaving the. These two films that are secretly about a third film, like this is going to be weird. This is going to be so much fun. All right. Today we are talking about 1963's La Jetée. Commemorating the 30th anniversary of the legendary music video to David Bowie's Jump, they say, the boys are inexplicably covering Chris Marker's fan PowerPoint presentation, Legiti. Starring clip art of James Stewart, Jimmy to his friends, and a Polaroid of Kim Novak as the ticket to horrific glory hole, it's a sci-fi Cold War rom-com set in a communist coal mine on a tropical island where the workers are given cushy sleep masks, comfortable hammocks, and all the needle drugs they can eat. Until one night, cozy in his canvas crash of leisure in the balmy black depths of this post-war egalitarian paradise, Jimmy has a dream about this other movie he was in, which was itself a remake of David Bowie vehicle Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and what a bleak bit of treacle is that, Jim. Only Kim Novak's there, and she's pointing to the rings on this chainsaw chunk of tree, which, when Jimmy tries to point at it, we learn that he's blind, because he's pointing at nothing far beyond the boundary of the tree and claiming it as home. We learn that he's a madman, of course, unless... Unless we learn instead that we're all of us blind, bundled into small comforts in our private darknesses, swaying in our hammocks, watching other people dream. Dreaming that we are awake. And it is now, and you are yourself. You're running from something in our dream. And that's when the chick blinks, and you're like, what the fuck? Oh, trippy, man. <laughs> oh, that part got me. It's like, um, honestly, this is the best PowerPoint presentation I've ever seen. I, I don't know what company this was for, but if... If Chris Marker's on their marketing team, I'm buying stock. What was this? Like a quarterly budget meeting? What a slideshow. Anyway, Legiti, <laughs> check it out. Good shit.
Let's start with Lajate. Okay. Nice. Jeff the Jetty. Whoa, dude. Had you seen it before? Never. You? No. This was fucking transformative. Yeah. Correct. Oh my god. I had to take a hot bath afterwards. <laughs> this was a wild movie. Um I was saying right before we this is when we started the podcast because I wanted to talk about it. I watched it on Criterion. Yep. I didn't realize there are two versions of La Jete. Ooh. Film film ver- film wise, what you see, identical. Okay. The difference is there's one that has an English voiceover. Oh yes. And there's one that has a French voiceover. I have a French voiceover. And the the English and French voiceovers are not exact translations of each other. They are two distinct yep. creations. And his uh, th- sorry, this is directed by Chris. We're talking about La Jetée first. This is directed by Chris Marker, starring Etienne Becker, Jean Negroni. I swear to God, that's his name. Jacques Ledoux. De uh, Devos Hanik and Helene Chetelain. I think that's adjacent to adjacent. how their names are said. But um, well, they're long dead. So all these people are gone sure. for sure. Sad. Christopher Marker on in toast. celluloid in this, yeah, yeah, to- and like what a legacy. Especially like, yeah, we're watching like long dead people play distant people the from the future, future returning yes. to a time yes. just previous to the time we're all alive. <laughs> Wackadoo. Dude, have you ever heard of Last Thursdayism, Carl? Shut oh up. Anyhow. <laughs> um, You've never actually seen an Orange Max. So <laughs> go and check out Dark, the first Dark City episode, listener. It's real fun. Um, so Chris Marker, he said that his whole approach to like these two things was, or his his intention was when you saw La Jete, he wanted the viewer to watch it in the language with which they were more familiar. And ignore the other version entirely and let that version of La Jete, okay. like be theirs. I will totally watch the French version at some point. I haven't yet, but I watched all the fucking special features that are on Criterion. Like, for example, um, I think it's really interesting that two years before 12 Monkeys comes up and literally just basically adapts La Jete oh, as, like a, right. as like a Gilliam's full-length science fiction feature. David Bowie references this in his music video in 1993 for Jump, They Say. Where you get to see Bowie in the in like the swinging hammock, you see Bowie with the, the goggles, the, and the, like, yep. yeah, like the taped over like weird wired yep. eyepiece things. And this is not the only time that La Jete has been referenced in pop culture. I'd never even heard of this movie before. Had you seen? You'd never seen this. I never seen it. I know that it's popular in like a lot of art schools. It's fil- it's, it's like, like yeah, film, it's school. film school kind of one hundred and one yeah. when they're like you know what's. Um, uh, just like still images and sequences telling a story, right? Yep. And this for is people, literally yeah, bad. and yeah. they're like, watch this, and yeah. Well, how did you first come to it? Was it film the, yeah, school? yep, yep, it was, Bec- and it's and it's a great way when you're uh, uh, learning to shoot things. Like you can get overwhelmed by blocking your actors and having people move around and mm-hmm. having voice acting and stuff like that. So you can instead do basically a moving or a storyboard, take a bunch of pictures, put the words over top of it, and 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 see if it works. And sometimes you make la jete, which works better than most movies sure. that came out these it's days. Un- it's uh, it's in it's in, it's uh it's enchanting. It's enchanting. Absolutely, I, it drew me in so much that I was felt like I was hypnotized for mm-hmm. thir- for thirty minutes. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was thirty minutes long. Mm-mm. It felt like it felt like a blink of an eye because yeah. I, I you're like once when you told me it was all still images, I'm like, all right, look, I'll watch it because I'll watch right, basically anything. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. And I put it on, and I was expecting like something that was very very art house. You know, like I was expecting something. Like radically different than what I saw, which is crazy because what I saw was radically different than really any movie raw. I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, but it 
it doesn't feel art house. It's Not almost like after a little bit of time, your brain just starts like filling in the story. It's like halfway between watching a film and like reading a book. Do you know what it reminded me of? Book. It reminded me of throughout, and this is to its credit, I think is back in like middle school and when I was going to schools like we didn't quite have like digital technology right when they brought in the AV cart a lot of times it was a reel to reel that would play with like a fucking record with the <clears throat> with the voice <laughs> yeah 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 right I, so take it sure. start the thing and a lot of times it would be like a really boring history presentation about like the Incans or something but it would be mostly still photography trying to tell a story with this really dry record playing over top of, and in right. the early times of the whatever they would build the and then slash and burn and it was like but with these still but there was sure. still hypnotic and you kind of were drawn into it mm-hmm. in a way like <clears throat> the first 20 seconds were always a bit jarring because you're like taken out of your current time and you're listening to this really scratchy record and you're seeing these images that are almost so distorted you can't tell what they are because mm-hmm. this fucking thing has been played a thousand times at the school but then the, you well, get I don't drawn know what version in. of Lajete you watched because mine looked gorgeous. No, but the, some of the but the photography in this isn't fucking perfect. Some of it, yeah. Right. Some of it, some of it is, sure. and some of it is. It looks like out of focus. It looks like it was taken in a rush. Because if you're thinking about this, is a almost a documentary mm-hmm. in a way of a telling it, of this. So some of the way. images really feel like they were rushed well, and taken yeah. in the moment um, in these situations, mm-hmm. right? So it just reminded me of like being in school and seeing these images and hearing these voiceovers and like trying to connect with the world that you have no fucking idea about sure like ancient like ancient ancient, ancient right. civilizations where you're like they did what how with what and easter island is what like <laughs> right. and it was really cool that this is in that same it's like you're sitting down to class yeah. and you're watching in this future. in the future explaining this event that and it so, was like that's I, so fascinating because basically you're saying that it it, it hijacked or, jacked or circumnavigated the normal barriers or expectations you'd have of film Correct. by being presented in this different way by, you know, bypassed your normal yep. filters. Very interesting. Yeah, right? Totally. It, I think in a way it's like, um, so like short story writers will sometimes play with form and try and find forms that would only work for one specific story. Like, for example, Neil Gaiman wrote a story once that is an intake questionnaire at a hospital. But like as the, so like it's yeah. just it's just like a series of yeah. questions. You're literally looking at an intake questionnaire. But as the questions go on further and further, like the patient becomes more candid and it starts like scribbling notes in the margins. And a story reveals itself just through this like two sided document. Mm-hmm. So like you can only do that. <clears throat> Circumnavigates your expectations. Yeah, for what a story I love the idea of wa- sitting down for the first time to watch La Jete as though you were sitting down in like a classroom mm-hmm. to watch yeah. like a presentation about this famous historical event. Exactly. I'm right now. I'm listening to a book called um, The Ultimate Star Trek and Philosophy, and what makes <laughs> it fun is a lot of the essays are written as though Star Trek is like real. Yeah, yeah. So like you know like because that's how you do it. You apply like you know Lockean ethics to like the Klingons or whatever. Yes. So it a lot of times the effect that I get is that I'm like listening to like a lecture series in the world of the Federation. So it like it makes the book like more interesting and That's fun, fun for me. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. But like La Jete sucks you into its world. It really like gets you immersed in that. Because I didn't realize world. it was going to be 
still images. Like yeah. I didn't know that coming up front. So I thought maybe the first five minutes was going to be glad still. You didn't know. I'm a, a well, thousand percent glad to be surprised. Yeah, that's yeah. Fun. Because that's as fun. soon as I realized, like, oh, we're not going to get this is how it's filmed. I got yeah. I'm getting the goosebumps yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is fucking brilliant, and that that's immediately when I clicked into it. I'm in class right now. Yeah. I'm sitting down. This is a. And then you said a reel that that's been played a thousand the blink times. Then the fried blink your brain. Fried. Yeah. I literally had Which to I take love. a hot bath after yeah. this movie because my brain so was so effective. Yeah. That you get it hurt one, my soul too. Yeah. There's like one like what would you say five second, yeah. ten second Let's chunk awesome. of film. Yep. Yep. Amongst, five seconds maybe I think. And like wh- yeah, like it's truly the most beautiful moving image you've ever seen yeah. in your life, dude. It's incredible. There's. There's like I fell in love with that face. Oh my in gosh, those five yeah. seconds. Well, like, you know so the much. like that woman is basically so, the 1960s Jennifer Conley. You know, let's all be honest. Uh, she is <laughs> she is the beauty of the human spirit. No, she is like just everything. Well, what she what she actually is is she's <laughs> Madeline from Vertigo. Correct. It's fucking nuts. I watched a French. So I didn't I, realize. I watched Vertigo a French documentary first, right? Yes, Vertigo yeah. is the whole reason this movie exists. Yeah. So before we before we get in, well, no, let's just. It's one of my favorite that. fucking movies of all time. At the Vertigo. Yes. Yeah. So like the color and just the way it's shot is just fucking incredible. It's amazing because I'll save it. I'll save it because there's we'll so much it. shit about La Jetée that is basically Chris Marker was just making a movie about how he wanted to transport himself into the film Vertigo and there's like shitloads of evidence that backs it mm-hmm. up. There's a great French documentary called Court sorry, Court Circuit in in like just English it would be Court Circuit Le Magazine or Court Circuit Le Magazine. It's a French TV show. They did a segment on La Jetée and Vertigo and the connection between the two and it was like it was like watching the most compelling conspiracy theory documentary you've ever seen, but they like laid out all the evidence and you sh- they show you the documents. And nice. I was like, holy shit. But before we get into all of that stuff, at the very beginning of La Jetée, I watched it like five times because I was tri- tripping out. When they're playing the credits in the lower right-hand corner, there's one name that pops up and then immediately like scribble blurs itself out and becomes another name. The fuck? And you can't. I've tried it frame by frame, and you can't see what the first name is. But in La Jetée, in the opening credits, if you watch just the names popping up in the bottom, there's a name that, like, bugs out and turns into another name, like a glitch in the Matrix. And I think it's in, I think it's intentional. I think is it's it in the there. cat? Is it the shoelace? Is it the spinning coffee? <laughs> well, no, I think it's in there. I think it's in there as, like, this person was involved, but someone but went someone back in time back, like, and changed something, and now that person, ooh. now this person instead. Yeah, there, there is nothing in this movie that is not on purpose. That oh, is totally. Not well considered. And, it's, yeah. like, the, I kept my notes short intentionally because yeah. I knew we were also talking about 12 Monkeys, yeah. but we could have easily done a full length, and we're, we won't we're do it here, but we, we could have done a full episode. Well, and that, that's what what's, full on. It's weird. I was I was think, I think about this all the time. Is um, La Jetée, or Twelve Monkeys is one of my favorite movies of all time, yes. and it's very very yes, top yes, top yes, movies. Yes. But I go back and watch La Jetée more, more and more yeah, more than yeah. I do, and it's and it's this weird thing because like 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 Twelve Monkeys, it's kind. of it's fantastic, but it's kind of like the roller coaster that I like to go on every once in yes. a while. And it's a fun ride and it's cool and whatever. But then La Jetée, I think like Carl, I think what you were saying really is true. It, it 
uh, bypasses a certain part of your brain and yep. it's just Loops around it. Yeah. Goes a long way around somehow. Yeah. Like. And, 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 and honestly, it's worth mentioning the things it doesn't have. It doesn't have, um, uh, incredible props. It doesn't nope. have an incredible score. You know, it does. I mean, no you know, action at all. Yeah. Like yeah, literally no by, yeah. by its, by form, it cannot, it has well, no it's costumes and pieces that were put together with, bits of wire and cardboard and, right. and old cloth. It's Dude. like it was made in my basement. Yeah. Yes. Where but I it live. doesn't, but it doesn't. Yeah. It was, it was, but, we made it in Jeff's room. But we should say, <laughs> <laughs> but we should say though, like it, you can tell looking at it that it didn't cost a huge amount of money to make, right. but it in no way looks cheap. No. Nope. Right. And it doesn't matter. Doesn't. At all. Yeah, you don't. want to talk about fucking inspiring? Sometimes on the show we talk about like, you know, if you want to make a film, shoot the film. If you want to write the script, write the script. Like, you can fucking make anything. You don't have to. Don't worry. You don't need a fucking ten thousand dollar red camera. Shoot the thing on a right. thing. Yeah. Make it, shoot. Fo- shoot. Shoot photos and string them together right. and so, put right. a voiceover over. Right. Make the goddamn thing. I don't know about you, but when I watch movies for the show, and like you've done it a couple times now, so maybe you have a method too. So like. I watch movies for the show one of two ways. One, I'll watch a movie. Oh, I've got a note, and I'll take the note. Or, oh, I'll pause this and take a note. Okay, let's continue. Or, I can't take any notes because the movie's. I don't just have f- notes for this. Well, I know, I but couldn't. like there are there are certain movies where like you take the time to take the note, and then there's correct, other movies correct. that suck you in so hard that by the end of the movie, you all you have is like the title and like, <laughs> like yeah. the whole title and Bruce Willis and oh wow that that score hit at the beginning is really cool and that's the only thing that you and have. that's like the end of <laughs> yeah. your notes yeah yeah like La Jete, all my notes are from all the special features because I hit play and I was like all right let's see what this is about and I like had my pen poised and then like five minutes in I was just arms crossed yeah. just yep. fully soaked in. As the second that the credits started rolling at the end, I texted Bird and I was like, "You need to as soon as you get home, we'll watch yeah. Lunch She still hasn't seen it, but like, I yeah. did take the time to be like, "This movie is not. It's life changing, dude. Yeah, this yeah. is a movie that I'm gonna start telling every single fucking person yeah. about now. It's yeah. incredible. It's so fun. So you were talking about um the the rabbit hole of yeah, it, sh- it with Vertigo. There's also this thing, and I, I I don't have it in my notes here, but I guess it's from I guess at the time in France there were two different schools of of film philosophy that were competing, and this one was from the more not conservative like American conservatism, but in the um, traditional way sure. of filmmaking this one was and then the other side was um a lot of famous filmmakers who are more experimental so apparently this is like the safer side this, of it that's an insane thing to wow. say right. like once so, you've seen this so I, I would and i have this this is just i need to go on this journey of exploring these two sides and see the filmmaking there's a the imagery in this and like gilliam didn't just take the imagery from la Jete for 12 monkeys it's in brazil it's right. in even like Pieces of Time Bandits and Baron this Munchausen. Was, it's true. Heavily influenced all Everything, of Gilliam's art, which is style. so appropriate because, again, like, and I'll, I'll start Tideland I'll, has some. <laughs> I'll start Sorry. digging into the actual notes now. No, yeah, Tideland is slated for next season. That's a rough watch. Yeah, we're gonna do. Oh well, boy. we're gonna. Uh, my plan is. Don't that look at me like We'll that. do a David Lynch <laughs> series and end with Inland Empire, and then start the Gilliam with Tideland, and put those back to. We're gonna be on Suicide Watch. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get Jeff and it'll be yeah. fun. <laughs> we'll just go hang out in Jeff's we'll room. I hear they're clicking, clicking our zippos, <laughs> rocking back and forth. The whole episode's like ting ting. Can't believe David Lynch actually made that as a. I'm film. covered in ting. gasoline, playing with my lighter. But let's right, talk about exactly. this last film. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is like, but this is a movie kind of about movies. Yeah. So one one of my first notes here's the basic plot for anybody who hasn't seen La Jete. You really, really should see La Jete. Um, basically, 
uh, there's nuclear holocaust has ended the world. World War Three's happened. Everybody's all dead, except for a small cadre of human beings who are living underground, primarily a scientist class, and then a bunch of prisoners from the end of the war. The scientist class is doing experiments on these prisoners to try and send them back into time. Be to, in order to gather supplies yep. because in the future not to prevent anything just to survive just to survive yeah so it's like go back and get food water and get fuel rice and fuel because yeah. in the modern modern era no one can everything's polluted by radiation yep. they're all dying so you have to send people back in time to to harvest the past which talk about like god yeah, right we're like we're using the we're using the planet and then eventually we're we've so destroyed the planet that we have to mine our own past because the planet's already destroyed yeah. Crazy. So we're like marauding ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's a powerful metaphor. You have metaphor. to go back for a time of surplus. Right. Yeah. Which then when creates. It was hard. Yeah. So they, they get this one prisoner and they start sending him back in time. He does better than the other prisoners right. have, mm-hmm. it's implied. But as he goes back in time trying to get supplies, he becomes fixated on this one woman and they sort of form a relationship. And then by the end of the, the thing, we it all everything all comes to a head, which is basically the same climax as Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. So we'll talk to that. It, we'll talk about except that there wasn't a future race that came. Yeah, that intervened. future race was trippy, man. Because I've seen Twelve Monkeys before. Yep. I was like, who the fuck are these cats? Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see you in Twelve Monkeys. <laughs> yeah, where's the like hyper developed like future humans who are like, it's shit's fucked right now, but like you could come hang out with we, us. Come hang yeah. out with us. We're cool. Bound the space, you know. And he's like, like, no, thank you. Jim no. says crazy. Jim says something weird, and he's like, you know, you've never seen an orange. And he's like, I don't know if I want to go live in that world. That guy, though. <laughs> but all right, so he talks about fruit a lot. <laughs> he's like really interested in how I don't citrus. I have no relationship with fruit. He's like assuring he's me. Always <laughs> just walking around with a half-empty box of Captain Crunch, one hand in it, just mom and, and a handle of whiskey in the other, and he's Fucking mostly just about nonsense. Guy. But just it's like maybe true enough that it bugs me. He's walking around in his, in his in his fucking tidy whities with his t-shirt tucked into him. Mm-mm-mm. Patreon.com yeah. <laughs> Just to get Carl some more wardrobe Because the underwear with the shirt But I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt open over Doesn't top matter. of it It's because There's the white... only the one stain on them <laughs> And also I don't know if these are tidy whiteies anymore They're more like baggy haggies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let's dig into the kids We're in a the good, good conspiracy head ca- or, uh, headspace Let's get into Chris Marker's like Weird the uh, the film under the film, so the main character in La Jetée is imprisoned in the underground passages in reality mm-hmm. beneath Chelo, which is right in the film. They're like we're in this, these mm-hmm. abandoned underground passages in Chelo, which very shortly after the filming of La Jetée became the archives of the French Cinematique. Ooh. So it be that all those empty passages mm-hmm. where we have these people hanging in their uh, in their hammocks and mm-hmm. getting dragged off to the science experiments became storage space for thousands of film reels and millions of stills. That's awesome. That's like what, what AFI did in the salt mines yep. in America. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. If a movie had been shot there about, about film, story, right? Yeah, about going into the past of film. Right, like, and now all of French cinema's past is in, is those, in those, literally tunnels. in those tunnels. So that's one. That's amazing. The director of the experiment, the guy at the bedside who's guiding our main character through, that's Jacques Ladeau. Jacques Ladeau is the director of the Royal Belgian Cinematic and in real life, Cinematic. Um, so this this uh, this French TV show that I mentioned earlier, Court Circuit Le Magazine on uh, La Jetée and Vertigo postulated that Marker was sending us back literally in cinema history because all this was known. So now we get into the Vertigo connection. 
this French documentary proposes that our POV, um, like the way that La Jetée is shot, some of like the going back in time is us looking up at the scientists and they're about to send us into the past. Mm-hmm. They're going to send us somewhere else. Basically where they send us is the film Vertigo. So like, for example, by fixating, so we, we get in a POV and they say like fixate on an image and he fixates on that image of the woman's mm-hmm. face. Yes. And that's what draws him back to that specific moment in time, right? Well, that that image is from the film Vertigo. Uh, Mad- uh, Madeline in Vertigo and he goes back and joins her. I saw a side-by-side of the profile of that woman. They, mm-hmm. they took a picture. The, the, you see, you're like, we're focusing on an image and a woman comes into like sharp focus and she's in profile her hair the tilt of her chin the distance from the camera the focal distance of the lens is all identical to the first time that we see madeline in vertigo they are identical shots in every way it is painstakingly done gets even better so he fixates on this image from a film and we step into that film literally like the experience of watching la jetee where you're literally absorbed into the yes. movie and it transports you out of your living room with your hurt back and your dog sitting yep. on your leg or whatever. <laughs> so he, the profile of the woman our hero seeks is recreation of Madeline's profile in Vertigo right down to the hairstyle. This is the door into Hitchcocker's film. When Hitchcocker? The, <laughs> into, a, into Hitchcock. Little, Alfred Hitchcocker. You know, I, I just got to tell you, like, I think my favorite Hitchcocker <laughs> is probably Frenzy. I just like when they... <laughs> I'm a big fan of Roper. <laughs> yeah, Roper's a fucking good one, man. Psychos is good. I Jules. like Birder. Birder? I always thought Birder was too scary. That, and, oh, God. And all the animal cruelty in that one, Jeff. <laughs> Roper's probably my Roper's favorite. Roper's my favorite. Bruce got Bruce Willis. Got yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Fucking the Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> anyway. So, wait. So, remember... It's Canadian Bacon, yeah, direct, directed exactly. by uh, So, he zooms, he zooms in. We, we zoom in on this woman who is an exact recreation of the shot from Vertigo. Then, when he actually is transported into the past, they take that, sti- that same still image and just zoom out a little bit. And now our hero is in is the right-hand yeah. side of the shot. He's literally stepped into a frame from a movie. So, at this point, mm-hmm. our hero... Who is Marker essentially Has entered Vertigo Alright so You know it's interesting because um, They talk a lot about that too about the ability to hold An image in his head is what makes him be able To make this time travel and It's like this kind of power of Memory and being able to hold on to Yeah and hold on to not just ideas or memories, but hold on to the you know these these moments right Right. As an anchor He can strongly visualize things and he has a great memory Yeah. Yeah so let, you guys want to take another fucking weird little occult side quest? Sure. Do it. All right. Narcissism with a G. Instead <laughs> <laughs> with a halls in his mouth. I'm glad you remember. Good fucking radio. Well, we're man. gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a we're gonna take one step over into a slightly different garden. We're gonna talk about chaos magic a little bit here nice. for a second. You've been reading Lieber Null again? You've yeah, been playing D and D. Oh wait, deep sorry. into Lieber Null. I'm doing oh, yeah. the meditations. I'm doing the working on my third eye, man. Shit's getting weird. No, so one of the things, one of the absolute necessities uh, of mental tech or or psychological tech that's required for basically all high ritual magic um, and chaos magic is strong visualization of symbols. So that's what all the meditation is about. You You get to a state where you can meditate and focus just on your breath. 
then you focus just on a candle flame. Then it gets to a point where you're in a dark room and you think about a circle. And you do that for weeks until you can really hold the image of the circle. Then you add a square inside the circle. Then you add a triangle inside to the square. So you train your you mind. Hold all those images together. Yeah, eventually you train your mind to be able to hold more and more, uh, an increasingly complex set of images in your head. And then head. four weeks later, they let you out of the basement and let you record a podcast. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> We're going to do Mac and Meat. Yeah, but, like, the, but the idea is eventually, this is like in, in the, you use a lot of this in projecting sigils or in like when you're doing invocations or evocations and projecting the like the god forms or in hyper intelligences that you're trying to communicate with the idea is that if you can visualize something powerfully enough in your mind i'm also reading robert anton wilson's book cosmic trigger right Fuck now yeah. and he talks a lot about the nature of reality which is why we got such a weird intro to dark city yep. but um if you can, yes, that's why. If you can, it says nothing, <laughs> nothing to do, to do with, with Max. <laughs> yeah, it's just these books I've been reading. Get them out of the libraries, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be I don't know. Are there black people in them? Because that, yeah, I, there's, I think there's a trans character in one yeah. of them. So we mustn't. Must. But uh, how does Cthulhu identify? We must Robert exercise his ideas. Oh, dude, he's. uh, I would say. Wow, look at me just bring this high level minded shit down to misery (laughs) and modernity. Like, like, let's talk about the occult. And Jeff's like, I'll tell you that don't gay, don't say gay laws really fucking (laughs) bumming me out. They really sacrificed some virgins on that one. Yeah, seriously, no shit. But but one but one of the things that Robert Anton Wilson talks about is. He, like he gets into all these crazy experiments that they did back in the like 60s and 70s and early 80s where like they get a bunch of people in and they start doing like essentially classic Skinner box conditioning and they were able to condition these people's brains to recognize the color green as blue mm-hmm. so Ooh. Yeah. There's a good Star Trek episode about there. It was how many lights are there? There are three lights, but you have to say there's only two. Yeah, Picard, and the, yeah. he almost breaks by the end, and then yep. he confides later. He's like, even though I knew there wasn't, I was ready to say it. So they'd yeah. broken my spirit, and he's like a changed person. I love yeah. that episode. But they actually did take a group of like between 50 and 70 people and flip the colors blue and green in their heads for about a month. So they would, after the experiment was done, they're walking around, and the grass is blue and the sky is green. So like... What they were aiming to prove back then, and it's like what I literally talk about in the introduction to that episode is reality, like what what our perceptions of it are, is actually all constructed inside your head. Right. There's no such thing as color at all. That's just a like a, a series. The filter that you're. Yeah. It's it's your brain decoding electric signals that are coming through your eyes. And your eyes are actually an external part, of your, part brain. of your brain. They're yeah. connected by the optic nerve. So this is an external I'm brain. I'm going to poke Carl in the brain. Yes, I know. Like, don't be a dick. You know, like, Mace is awful. also connected sp- to my <laughs> Mace, is, Mace is, awful. is awful. You're spraying people in the brain. That's fucked up. But, like, Brain yeah. spray is horrible. So the idea, this is where the ideas of, like, magic and the nature of reality dovetail. Because if you can visualize things powerfully enough, because all that I'm seeing right now is signals interpreted by my brain if I can visualize things very powerfully then you can project images into reality and this is also why a lot of people who practice magic have like breaks with reality and sure. like severe mental illness because you start seeing things that aren't there but if you can tr- if you can learn to control that then you can create or you can visualize things that aren't available and you can literally alter your your perception of reality that's that's funny you mentioned this is mental illness because I was like, oh, don't go to mental illness again, Jeff. But then you brought it up. and But it's also the inverse. It's also what people use. I say use. it tw- three times an episode as a rabbit hole for you to dive Thank into. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's I in, just it's gave in my you the word. So, yeah, it's in his rider. So, <laughs> Carl, you like that one yep. mental yeah, illness. Mental Thank illness. you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Master. <laughs> well, um, the, uh, 
the, the black spider next because it's funny you mentioned you say like you know this uh maybe let's say over visualization leading sure. to uh mental breaks but it's also a tool that people use to fight psychosis where you right. focus on the things that are concrete and real yep. and you ignore the other things and and even even not not just psychosis even like simple panic attacks and anxiety absolutely. i've used yep. this but yeah. this and what yeah can i control what can i not control? absolutely sure. but but even even lesser like just simple social or mental distortions like i'm like oh you know bird didn't say hi to me today so she must hate me so i can't talk to her so blah 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 and it's like oh no she was just listening to head podcast you know I'm she sure. had ear pods in you know or whatever but but we do that and it's like no just but she hold. does actually hate you though so that's, well, that's a good true. example yeah it's a terrible example and why does she feed me <laughs> We, we got to do something with all these spiders. <laughs> Sorry, no, yeah, but, but no, no, I know what you it, mean. It, it's, yeah. it's 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 a really people, you know. I I think of magic and the those kind of journeys as fun things to read about. You Absolutely. know, like I think it's really neat and interesting. But it doesn't have to be scary. It can to to somebody who isn't as into it before. You can look them at it as mental exercises or or mental um you know aerobics. Yeah, uh, and it's very interesting. Like if nothing else, like if you only did the meditation component mm-hmm. of like because obviously I'm really interested in the occult. I Carl as well. <gasps> yep. Did you know this, Carl? <laughs> yes. Oh. I'm I'm super into the occult. One of us. <laughs> yeah. So like so and bird as well. So. We'll like we dive into it. We'll do the exercises. We'll we like we get weird and freaky. We're a pretty groovy yep, household. I love it. I've seen your blood, bro. Yeah, like Carl. <laughs> Carl was at a blood ritual one time, which was really really awesome. But like, which cured my um, the sight of blood. I usually get really wheezy and oh. want to pass out after that ritual. I have no issue with it all. Interesting. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was. It's it's super cool and there's lots of weirdness as like you get deeper into it. But I always I say, kind of actually you, have a blood kink now. If so. you <laughs> see you, there's weirdness, Jeff. Yeah. But when you ju- if you just did the meditation, it would drastically improve everybody's yep. life. Just like that, that like mindful time with your own consciousness right. is really beneficial. If you throw all the other stuff out the window, which I, I mean, it's interesting and fun. Do all that if you're into it, you know, like. But whatever, sure. just do the meditation. Holy shit! But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was I, I was just gonna say like like for me, meditation doesn't really work because it's frustrating. Uh, it's basically it's like clear your mind, and I'm like, but there's all this shit right, right there, and blah blah blah. But the version of meditation that has worked for me has been to just observe the things in my mind and let them go by, right? Like a right. movie, yeah, and, and that's interesting. Kind of just let it take me on that ride and don't try to control it. Step out of the stream and watch it flow yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. it can be super, it's very freeing. Yeah. Totally. I, that's one of my favorite things about meditation is like I didn't, I hated doing it for so long because I was like. They tell you to quiet your mind, and I'm like, okay, quiet your mind. <laughs> quiet your mind. Quiet, quiet your mind. mind. Quiet your mind. We're in Mexico right now. Like, I need to get to the dock. Yeah. In here? Hello? Like, echo, echo. Yep. So, exactly. but like, what I heard Start it de- telling jokes in my own head. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Shut up. I heard it described once as doing curls for your brain, where every time, hmm. every time that you have a thought, you're like, your arm goes down, and then you ignore the thought. And they or like let the thought pass, and you like refocus on your breath. And every time you refocus on your breath, that's a curl. Interesting. That's the rep. It's that's it's a practice. It's not a thing you perfect. Like yeah. So when you when you fuck it up, you're like okay, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Boobs are great, but we're not thinking about boobs. Yes, that was a huge cock right now. (laughs) 
Yes. No genitals. No genitals, just the breath. But it's genitals just a, later. Such a stretch. Nope. 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 Succulent penis aside, <laughs> back to the breath. I like that Carl's got <laughs> jokes going by. You've got boobs. And mine is just a voice going, You're never going to be good enough. Right. What's wrong with you? Whatever. <laughs> but it's, think about it's, more. It's, yeah, we're, we're all the same in here, guys, right? We're all the same. Oh, no, trust me. If that's you can look at the top half, that's, dude, yeah. it's a No, Jeff. That's just the. That's Man, you've been probably meditating in silence. That's the undead in the Everyone. wall. Just being basement. really nice, oh. no one actually likes you. Got you. a problem. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it back around. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. The like worst part is you can't even tell if I'm really here or just a voice in your head. And and so I'm I'm no th- way know. to verify anything. I'm sorry. No, God. no, it's, dude. It's I fucking true. love Twelve I, Monkeys. That, that voice is so good. Is so good. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. But no, it is. It this. this so I was ta- Carl brought up an interesting point for me that um about it being about it bypassing certain mm-hmm. receptors that we're used to having and now this is bringing up it is a, a medit- meditative experience it's not a passive experience no. but it is a it is a guiding you on a journey in the in the hypnotic ways that it that it that it shows images to you i mean and even like as a film nerd like even the when when it decides to have a hard cut versus a fade you know yeah. or the mm-hmm. one or two times it decides to have a moving image um are are really interesting yeah choices to watch and how often it cuts how often it repeats itself yeah it's yeah like cuz there's some there it's not like this movie is totally devoid of air quotes camera work because no, right. no, like no. angles and composition are obviously really important mm-hmm. and like you do see some nods in 12 monkeys where you're seeing like a moving picture recreate a still shot right you know like there's a, that angel like we yeah. get the angel near the end and it's the same angle so we're getting some like homages but 12 monkeys really is kind of in, in many ways a separate film mm-hmm. sure <clears throat> but like in La Jetée, there are certain images where, like, the camera will z- zoom in. Right, right. So, like, we're, like, falling into an image. So, in a weird way, it's it's strange to see camera movement on a on still. On a still image, yeah. yeah. But it kind of, those little Reminds subtle me of, like, motion comics that they had mm, for a while mm-hmm. in, like, the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Where you just click on a panel frame, and it, like, whoop. Yep, and it'll sort of zoom in, and there's, like, just the, the faintest of movement. And the text like, will kind of, like... Yep. But, but uh, like, seeing those subtle, faint camera movements... Kind of helps you forget. Hey, bird. Can you let this one out, please? Thank you. Um, it kind of helps you to forget that you're looking at still images. Bird's it kind not of here, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No way to verify. No way to but verify. It, get the bag of oranges, Bob. It, <laughs> you know they're just a mostly empty space, Bob. <laughs> Slowly turning into Jack you, Nicholson. You feel hungry, Bob? <laughs> let me tell you about those oranges, Bob. When I tell you to put an orange in the swamp, but um, <laughs> so we so in more more vertigo connections. I know, like my I God, there's there's so many rabbit. There's like a certain depth of a rabbit hole where you're like, what were we talking? Yeah, about? yeah. Well, so so I'll, I'll bring us back to the meditative rhythm that we are kind of sure. alluding to here. When I watch La Jete, I watch it in French with the subtitles on, and okay. um, be- and it was kind of my preferred way to watch subtitled things, so you get the performance. Yes, the performance in English is great on La Jete. It's it's it, fine. I loved it. Yeah, yeah that's it, the only one I've seen. It's so fantastic, far. and they still keep like the German in the background, like in German and right. stuff with the doctors. But I was just yeah, I was just realizing um, the 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 words are much more lyrical or poetic than the movie Twelve Monkeys dialogue is too. They they I think that they are. 
it's not literal poetry, but it feels a lot more like poetry. Like they take pauses, they come in for little brief stanzas. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote down, you know, like he suffers, they continue. Like like that. Like instead of explaining things, they have you know? that exact line in the English too, because that stuck yeah. out to me. He yeah. suffers, they continue. Mm-hmm. Um, Images I, ooze like confessions, you know, like these different things. That yeah, dude. Now I want to watch the French version. That know, sounds amazing. Yeah. It's just it's very interesting, but it's it's it is very rhythmic in its way that it's doing that. Like, and I'm that's why I'm loving. I, you know, I'm loving this I, that you guys are bringing my awareness to its, you know, to its uh, the way that it entrances you, and I yeah. love that. It does. Like, it's it's a perfect storm. There's a this movie does a strange thing where it's. Be, how it's able to get, it gets very tense. It gets very like, it yes. felt, felt oh. with like a sense of doom towards yep. the end. I'm like, how is this doing this? Right. With just, just still right. image and some, the score isn't super great. Right. But it's like, yeah. I'm just like at the end of it, I'm just exhausted. Yeah. Dude, it, there's this and 12 monkeys made me think of another movie that we did on the show one time beneath the planet of the apes. Yeah. The one that ends with the nuclear bomb. Yep. And he goes, and that was the that was the end of humanity. And you're like, the what the earth, fuck? The, yeah. I think the like the just last line of the movie ended. is, and the earth died. Yeah, and it's just like the and the movie ends with like the total Fiend. the total extinction of of all life on earth, and you're like, it's interesting because I when I, I I was thinking about this on the way over, I was like, which one which one gives you guys more anxiety? Twelve monkeys or La Jetée? La Jetée. La Jetée does Jeté, for me. Definitely. Twelve monkeys more, makes me a little bit more angry. Twelve monkeys well, yeah. makes me more angry, but La Jetée. I deeply care about what, and I, and maybe yeah. maybe that's the Gilliam veneer. Let's fucking do it. Let's get it on the table. Oh, which, seriousness? Which movie do you like better? Mm-mm. That's uh, not fair. No. I, lo- I love 12 Monkeys. It's one of my favorite movies. Okay. It always yeah. will be. That's fair. But that- La Jetée is like, this is, it lives in its own place for me. Okay. I don't even consider this a, a movie. This I've, is like I a, had never seen, I saw 12 Monkeys once in college, <laughs> but that was like a decade ago. Yeah. Sure. So I basically just watched these movies back to back for the first time. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, that's what I was kind of alluding to when I said that I 12 Monkeys is one of my favorite movies of all time, but I always revisit La Jetée. So yeah. I think La Jetée is my favorite of the two. I it it just it but it, you know it speaks to me more. Sure. I think I think as much I love Terry Gilliam, but I think that the veneer that he puts the little you know the little silliness, the little kind of over hyper veneer is an interesting word. We'll yeah. come back to this. It, it kind of ha- it, it's a slight barrier. Bra- sure. So Brazil has a lot of deep things to say, but it's yeah. got the silly br- v- veneer. Um, so I think a lot of that's carry over from his time with the Python. Absolutely, absolutely, and nothing wrong with that. Totally, it's, it's, it's totally. I think different. Time Bandits is the most egregious version of that. Oh, absolutely, sure. Yep. Which yep. I know a lot of people. Time Bandits is the only Gilliam film I've never finished. Never finished. I start watching it and I literally, I know this I sounds totally so bad. See, no, no, I, I start, can totally see that. I, I can, start watching it and I like, there's like about gets the, real snoozy. The halfway point, I start to tune out. Yep. Like Brazil, I've seen twice now, and Bird and I have, we, well, we started watching it, but like Brazil is fucking long. It is. It's so long. Mm-hmm. But like, I've seen it twice, and like, there's definitely a chunk in the middle where you're like, all right, we could probably get to the next all bit. All right, bottle but tunnel, the, we get it. Yeah, yeah, but the next bit arrives, and then you're like, okay, I'm back. I'm back in. But and what I think is happening in both of those examples that you're giving is it stops, they stop telling you something new. Time Bandits does right. that, and, and Brazil, it's like, you're like, ooh, what's this new world I'm in? This new vibe, this new thing. Okay, ooh, this is a quirky look at, you know, society and a, right. a, a, a funhouse mirror we're holding up to it and then halfway through you're like 
Okay, but now what? It's kind of like if you if, if you were to take like one of those. Munchausen uh, does <clears throat> not suffer from this. It's like mm-hmm. taking a, one of those uh, carnival horror rides, right? Yeah. Where each room has something new and scary. It would be like if you each new room you get into, ooh, new scary thing, but then the car stops. Yeah. And it makes you sit in that room for 10 minutes yeah. before it goes to the next room. It's like, okay. I feel, yeah. for I'm me, it's like we go through Let's a room the and there's like, now. there's a werewolf. Oh, it's a vampire. Oh, yeah. It's a chainsaw massacre. And then you go, it's like, and it's another werewolf. And you're like, I saw the werewolf. Saw the yeah, werewolf I saw the before. werewolf. I saw yeah. the werewolf. Give me something new. And then yeah. they go into a new room and it's just an orange under a light. God damn it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a nuke button under a cloche. <laughs> an orange nuke button. Um, yeah. but, but it isn't, right? Yeah, it's it's when it's it's involving new ideas. And I do think that 12 Monkeys doesn't, you know what? It does kind of have a lull in there a little bit. Um, but then. Around the party. When yes, he goes to the party, a, there's yep. a little like speed bump, slow it, spot. It kind of slight, yeah. It starts to feel like maybe a normal movie a little bit for a bit there too. There's something like kind of just I don't know whatever about it. But then what I think saves the last act of Twelve Monkeys is honestly Bruce Willis's performance. It's amazing because when he starts doing the whole like I'm saying I want to be healthy. That the shit. switch in this is incredible. That, it's not quite Jacob's Ladder, but it's in the well, neighborhood. That, that well, they too, changed positions yeah yes well there's the switch (laughs) of i want to be healthy but there's also when he starts to appreciate the past the the you know every little detail being cool and and like yeah yeah him surrendering to the to the oh with like the music yeah and and, and he just kind of starts to like yeah embrace it all and and i don't know he it's kind of like as he's losing his grip right or basically maybe like being willing to say whatever they want him to say to stay here it's fascinating totally and then seeing him like manipulating people in the future in order yeah yeah, that was and 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 you know what that's well shit now we're on 12 monkeys but still it's an appreciation it's hard to and talk about well, them separately because the, they're the same. I mean, it is dude, the episode Chris though, so. yeah. Chris Marker has a writing credit on Twelve Monkeys. Yes, so like yeah. you know, like it's but, it's, right. it's of a piece. And but I would in in it would, it's interesting to look at not just because it's shorter. Uh, La Jete doesn't lull. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it but it has the benefit. So a thought I've been having, and I'm just gonna say it because yeah. I shouldn't hide thoughts on this show. Is like I think that across the board, and I dude, I love Terry Gilliam, but I think across the board. Terry Gilliam's whole oeuvre becomes better if you cut just 10% out of all of it. Mm-hmm. I could not agree fucking more, dude. I love him. I love him. But and like and no shade or shit talking because I'm I'm super verbose. I use way more words than I need because I like how they sound a mm-hmm, lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But you should have a podcast. I should. I should also have somebody who could like get in my head as I'm speaking and pull like ten percent of the words <laughs> right, out, right. and everything would be better. You know, like that's how I feel about. Gilliam. I need someone to like Jim Jarmusch help sometimes. me find ten percent of the words that I. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna confess that Jim Jarmusch is like the opposite for me, where I feel like ninety percent of his stuff could be cut. Oh, you fucking! I'm bastard. so sorry. This is I'm where. So <laughs> sorry. Well, the it was nice having Jeff around. There, there goes where. In the basement, I go. This is where we figure out if it's a real only cobwebs for dinner for you tonight, Jeffrey. <laughs> Thank you, master. Nats and nothing. Hey, yeah. man, fair enough. Like, that's that's the cool thing. It's like I wine. I love Jim Jarmusch. Everyone's though. palate's different. I fucking love Jim Jarmusch, too. Mm-hmm. Only lovers left alive. I appreciate Dude, boredom, I even, though. So. I even like limits. <laughs> Did of you say control. I appreciate boredom? I said, yeah, I said, I appreciate boredom. Yeah, you want to punish somebody like with some Jim Jarmusch, you know. Like the worst movie to start them on would be Limits of Control, and it was sure. the second one of his I ever saw. And I was watching it, and I'm like, he is. There's definitely something going on here, but I don't understand 
any of it. It's like two hours long, right. you know, but you're like, Bill Murray's in it. Yeah. Holy shit, Tilda Swinton's back. Look at all these famous people. This is amazing. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. That's, the, that's the whole movie. But um, all right, wait, let me, I wanted to dive yeah, yeah. back into this because we're going to see the sequoia tree in every version oh, of this. Oh, my brain did not allow me to understand the word you just fucking said. Sequoia tree. No, I thought it was like a form of poetry or wordism. Oh, funny. Sequoia tree. Yeah. You know, have you yeah. ever, are you familiar with sequoia tree? Yeah. It's like, I'm it's guilty. A, it's the old practice of, the old yeah. practice of sequoia tree. Growing tall and hard. Yeah. Yeah. On a solo. I have job. a pill to help me out with my uh sequoia tree. My, my sequoia tree. <laughs> Barrel full of twelve monkeys and Carl's, Carl's sequoia, sequoia tree. tree. I went and saw a sequoia trust once. <laughs> she, told me, oh, no. she told me my attitudes were too wooden. But uh, that's, oh, that's really you. good. I like it. I like um it. <laughs> so so I love the scene in La Jete where we get them looking at the rings on the sequoia tree. Yeah. Oh, yes. Specifically because this is just a straight, straight up a up thing that from, happens in Vertigo. Yep. 100%. Yeah. You're like. And that's the shot in the movie they're playing in the movie theater. In 12, 12 Monkeys. You're breaking my heart just a little bit because I didn't realize how much of a ripoff of Vertigo this was. Well, it's not. Like I a, it's not a rip. It's not a rip off of Vertigo. It's Chris. It's I, dude. Okay, wait. Let me let me it's try a and, love letter too. Let me try and reframe because here's here's. I, I don't think it's even a love letter. I think you're it's, a love letter. I think it's something <laughs> even more remarkable. Thank you. We love you, Max. I try and put out as much heart as I can. Can I have spiders with my webs tonight? You no, can. because you don't like Jim <laughs> Jarmusch. Sorry. Damn you. We'll give you mammals. <laughs> Jim Jarmusch's movies are more dry and bloodless than these flies. <laughs> than I these eat. flies I eat. <laughs> I mean, you haven't seen Only Lovers Left Alive, clearly, then. I don't know. It's all one long slog in my brain. I can't remember. <laughs> you know, Dead Man is not as not a fast-paced film. You're not wrong. Dead Man is the one that you're, I started with. You're yeah. not wrong. Like, for me, this is not the Jim Jarmusch podcast, but in a way it is, because you stabbed right in my heart. Just yeah. <laughs> but, like, Jim, Jim Jarmusch, to me, his films are, like, the equivalent of, like, a Tom Waits song you don't know just starting as you're putting your sunglasses on. And you're like... <laughs> Fucking cool! I love that. Like what? It, like, no, but except that Tom Waits is good. But I do understand well, he's the in metaphor. like half of fucking Jim Jarmusch's <laughs> yeah. movies. But like, if you watch a Jim Jarmusch movie, even if you watch it and you're like, yeah, nothing's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, but it's cool. This isn't even really about anything. But it's fucking cool, fucking man. Cool. There's a Jim vibe. Jarmusch is he's a Jim vibe Jarmusch director. is just like taking your time with a really tasty cigarette. I agree. I agree. He's not a flavor for everybody. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. But all right. So when we Here's what I here's I don't see this as a ripoff of Vertigo. What I see this as is like this is a new kind of thing. Not just because it's just still images, mm -hmm. it, with the with the exception of one crazy like red pill click your head moment where we see footage and she blinks and you're like, what the fuck? I'm all the way in. Mm -hmm. I'm all the way in. This is amazing. This is I think this is Chris Marker making like a it's like a film about the effects a film can have on a life and how those effects can be profoundly meaningful for like a meta the metaphoric survival of literally society civilization mm -hmm. like if it's not for this man's ability to fall into this powerful like like mantic memory from his mm -hmm. from his younger years mm -hmm. then all mankind dies. It takes us back to that Churchill quote from the first, the first of the series that we did. You know, like if you cut funding to the arts, what are we fighting what for? What are we fighting for? Right. You know, so like this, 
So like this man's very survival, the survival of everything depends on his ability to love powerfully these strong images that he's been shown simultaneously while we're being shown strong, strong images, images. Yeah. and frames too. We're literally looking at like a, like a film reel laid out. We're not watching. We're not in the illusion. We're being right. shown the the physical mechanics. We're seeing the, the frames of the film reel. And he, when, so he goes into the sequoia tree and I love this where he, he points outside of the sequoia and he goes, I come from here. Yeah. I love that. Deeply. That's so fucking cool. But like, this is where I was born. This is where I died. Yeah. So You're there's here now. Yeah. And we're here now. I love that so much. There's a movie. Um, there's a movie that Marker made later on called Sans Soleil. It means sunless. Do you have you ever seen no. this? So Sans Soleil. S a n s s o l e i l. In Sans Soleil. Marker visits every location of the film Vertigo in San Francisco. Mm. In the movie, he reveals he saw Vertigo 19 times in theaters. So this is, and I'm I'm kind of quoting from this the French TV show. I pair I'm paraphrasing, but Marker too visits her. Madeline listens to her, talks to her, falls silent, and vanishes. The experience of watching a movie. Settling into dark space in a semi-hypnotic trance in a place filled with movies, literally the passages beneath Chalot, filled with film, all film surrounded by, in a place filled with movies with a curator of cinema at your side, and you fall away from the horror of the present into the beautiful dreams you've loved in the past, if only for a little while. So I don't see this at all as sure. like a like a sort of like cheap ripping off of Vertigo. I see this as like. Like this, she's done something entirely new. Yeah. This has never been done before. As someone makes a film about a about one, the power of films, and two, that uses its own structure to illustrate the the concept of falling powerfully back in time mm-hmm. into a moment in a movie. I love the way that he says. Um, uh, they say uh, listens to her, talks to her, falls silent, and vanishes. Because what happens in La Jete over and over again? He watches yep. he watches the movie and spends all this time with this woman. But then we literally imagine the experience of watching a movie from the movie's perspective, where the viewer vanishes and the characters are left to wonder where they've gone. Where did that it's go? haunting. Oh, wow. yeah. It's gorgeous. Like I I don't think in any way that the Vertigo connection cheapens La Jete no, because I think no. without Without the vertigo nods, you lose the metaphoric weight and backbone of an actual film, and not just any film, but a Hitchcock masterpiece that like creates the literal structure of this weird world that you've invented. Jeff, I couldn't be happier that you like made us watch this. <laughs> man, I'm What's super crazy happy. is like I love it. Like how many times I've seen Twelve Monkeys, and like right up top it says based on Lajete. Yeah, and I'm, I usually am pretty good about seeking out the source material right. for films that I love. Yeah. And I always was on like, oh, that's right. I need this. Every time I saw 12 right. Monkeys, oh, shit, right. I need to track that down. Oh, shit, yeah. I need to put that at the end. That way, yeah, exactly. Two hours later. Like as soon as like the, the alarm stops. It's a Gilliam film, dude. What's 30 on, more yeah. minutes? They should just play they the original. Just, just play it at the end. <laughs> Holy this is shit. so true. <laughs> you know, um, creatively, it's interesting because you guys, you, you, you're 
you're on this deep dive of, of um, let's say, meta commentary, right, about what films are and what films mean. On the other hand, La Jete is also just a distillation of filmmaking into mm-hmm. being it's just to its stripped down to its bare parts. Just yeah, sure. simple images, not even wide shots establishing the scenery. It's all we're square, in. It's, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. It's all like kind of medium close ups, basically very rarely showing the the scene that we're in. Very, you know, maybe the airport, maybe yeah, the, yeah. right, just a couple, yeah, sure. and 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 you know. Pr- Probably largely for budget reasons as well, but um, but yet more powerful than many many movies that I see, and and I like to think of it some or I guess this is a reminder that I make for myself because it's easy to feel like I've got to layer this thing twelve layers deep and have all these ideas and blah blah blah, and sometimes I think that the real power is leaving room for the viewer to bring right. these ideas themselves to just mm-hmm. provide the framework for them to hang their personal experiences on. Yeah, it's like we talked about with Dark with Dark City. Is like you if you look at Dark City and you look at, or no, it was it might have been Yojimbo where you're yeah, it's Yojimbo where you're looking I love what like, I love in this moment because I don't know what you're about to say that you're about <laughs> to make a point that you couldn't remember if it was Dark City or Yojimbo. Yojimbo yeah. And I love whatever's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> well, it's two like masterpieces, sure. you know. So, but it's it's these two like masterful directors, and we were talking in the episode about how like it can be it can be really uh, like dis- not discouraging, intimidating for oh, like yes. young filmmakers yes. because you look at a Kurosawa film and you're like the shot, the light represents this, and it glints off that in such a way so that it reflects onto mm-hmm. this, and then where it reflects, that's lower left, and that in symbolism means this, and the shape this guy is is the magician from the tarot, you know? Right. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? The way he's holding his hands in a particular way. Yeah, like so. Like sometimes you watch this. I actually get this every time I watch an Ari Aster movie. As you look at the frame, and you're like, that's a so, just that's a rune. Yeah, you're like just framing every fucking shot of this movie must have taken five years because you're like well that's framed so that this means that and then there's foreground and, and then there's like and even in Dark City you know there's yeah. like what's happening in the foreground use of like space Carlito's Way does this really well too where you have people moving from high to low and from back to forward so they're moving in f- like three dimensional space a lot of time you have people moving just in straight lines and it gets really boring but you see that and you're like, fuck, the way that's framed, the way that's blocked, the way the score stings at just such a moment. Like, mm-hmm. I can't make a movie. I don't have enough right. people to, like, do all of the planning. But you're right. La Jete is – this is I, – I also think I, I like La Jete a little bit better than 12 Monkeys. But I think part of I think part of it is 12 Monkeys is, like, two hours and change and there's a lot of room for it to – to like, oh, well, that was just okay. This is amazing. Sure. That was just okay. La Jete is like 29 minutes long. And it's tipped like top to bottom, just like fucking sure. impeccable. And here, so here's the tougher question maybe too, or maybe it's not. Did Gilliam add anything to the story? Tons. You think so? Like, do, do you mean, like, do you, th- I mean, is, I, is, it like a worth, is it like a worthwhile adaptation or like, it's at, you know, and that's a fair way of putting it because it is absolutely a, a worthwhile adaptation. I guess conceptually, do you carry any new ideas from 12 Monkeys that you didn't from La Jetée? I think that it does do. sort yeah. of, cool. it, it, it expands on it more yeah. and sort of goes into more further explanation of maybe what, um, it doesn't hold, it doesn't like hand holds like now this is what this right, means no, in yeah. this but it's like you get a little bit more better clear understanding of like what these characters go through Sorry. mentally yeah. and physically more better clearer more and better, god damn it <laughs> it's I'm not feeling no, well. I just have harder, it right faster, in the ears. better harder farter yeah. better yeah. harder yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> harder farter <laughs> 
harder, harder. Well, Sequoia tree. I'm done talking for the rest. <laughs> no, of the you're good. Wait, you gotta be more better and uh, more better than explaining it. Let's dive. Let's uh, act. Isn't I think a harder farter just to poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a yep. yep. A harder, sure a harder farter is just to poop.